everyone, and welcome to the Country Music Made Me podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're at episode 50. We have a new name, a new look, but the same great interviews that you have come to know and love with your favorite country music artists. Today, we're sitting down with Jimmy Allen. It's a big one. He just released his new album, Betty James, The Gold Edition, and it features some of the biggest names in country music with Tim McGraw, Keith Urban, Darius Rucker, Low Cash. It also features some of the biggest names outside of country with artists like Brandy and Pitbull and Nelly. Now, we talked to him about the album and how it sort of encompasses his entire musical journey. And we also, of course, talked to him about that journey. So please enjoy our conversation with Jimmy Allen. I was listening to your docu-series that you did in 2018 yesterday. And you said a quote you had was, just keep going. You can do this. But when you get there, it's always good to go back and see the journey from start to start. And so basically where you started and where you're starting from. And I want to kind of do that with you. And that starts way back in kindergarten and in the church choir. And now way back then, what memories do you have of how music made you feel back in that at that age? Um, You know, music made me feel like I had a place, you know. Uh, So for the for the longest, I was you know, just trying to fit in, really, um, I felt like. And I just felt like music was the one thing that understood me. It, it helped that I was halfway decent at it. <laughs> so, but it was the one place where I can go and just be me. On the instrument side, you learned the drums quite early. You had a little set of paper drums that you played as a kid. But when did you start teaching yourself? Because you were self-taught on the guitar, the piano, and the drums, right? So what age did that begin for you? Um, the drums, I was like seven. Uh, piano, probably like 15, 16. And then the guitar, I was like 22. Oh, wow. And so did all of those come pretty naturally to you? Or did you have to work pretty hard at them? Um, it kind of came natural a little bit, you know, it's one of them things where I, I'm what you call a little insane. So I get obsessed with things. And when I want to be good at something, I won't stop until, you know, I get half decent at it and it consumes my brain my entire day. And I won't do nothing else until I figure out what I'm trying to do. <laughs> well, I guess that's not a bad thing, right? That, uh at times can help drive you forward, but I mean, at times it can can ruin relationships. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was going to say it can probably drive you crazy at times. Yes. And you had a very eclectic music taste growing up. I mean, your dad was all about the country and he is the one that introduced you to that and to Charlie pride, who was sort of the first person who made you realize that this was doable as a career. And I know Matchbox 20 was the first band that sort of made you want to sing and made you want to perform. And then your first concert was a a Christian concert with the Newsboys. And so you you had this wide ranging taste. And so what was it about country in the end that that was what you wanted to follow? Man, it's the one genre where I can like be myself. You know what I mean? To where a lot of times it's changed now, but in 07, Oh, six, you know, I was trying to, you know, when I was doing music, I was too country for pop and I was too pop for country. 
And then I even had a pop label offer me a deal, but they told me I couldn't talk about my small town. I couldn't do my chewing tobacco in public ever. It was just a lot of places where I couldn't be me. But the, but I, you know, I just was like, I'm going to be me musically, who I am as a person. I love where I'm from. And then whoever reaches out and lets me be me there, that's where I'll be. So honestly, even if I had a pop deal signed to a pop label, the same music I make now is what I would still make because it's me. It's what I do. You know, I love a country lyric with a uh, uh, pop melody, sometimes R&B melodies. Um, you know, sometimes a lot of my grooves are hip hop driven, but it still has a country story on top of it. Um, sometimes I just go straight, you know, borderline traditional country on some songs, you know? So it's, you know, country's the one place that embraced me for me being me. So um, that's what made me choose it. And you had a band back in grade six, right? You formed a band, is that right? Yeah, I had a band. First band in sixth grade, we never named ourselves. Then I had another band in eighth grade. Uh, then I had a band in ninth grade called Midweek Crisis. And were those all country leaning? No, nah, nah, one was emo. <laughs> one band we thought, so the emo band was Midweek Crisis. Then eighth grade band, we swore we were U2. You could not tell us we weren't U2. Like, yeah, the other one was all over the place. And then, I was in a country band in in Nashville uh, called Mercury Lane. Um, but again, the music was all over the place. Pretty much the same music like I make now is what I've been making since 2007. Right. And after high school, is it true that you recorded a demo and started going into New York City before you went down to Nashville to try and make oh, yeah. something of yourself? Mm-hmm. I was one of them guys that was in New York, like trying to get people to... Uh, give them my CD and I wasn't trying to get people to buy them because in New York that's how they get you they like you check out my CD and they give it to you and then once you grab it they're like it's a five dollar donation, donation nah I would just give it to people uh, I did that took a bunch of meetings went to LA for a while lived out there for a little bit uh, yeah I've been everywhere pretty much <laughs> wow and so when you finally made it to Nashville it wasn't an easy journey that's for sure and you hooked up with who was it, Kevin Wayne, to produce the song Comet? That was your sort of your first single. What was that experience like when you first arrived in Nashville doing that? Was it a positive experience or did it really teach you the ugly side of the business? Uh, I'll, I'll answer the question this way. Am I still working with Kevin? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> you know, it was, I tell you what, man, it was one of them things in life where you, Kevin was super talented, um, but Kevin had some people in his life that weren't good people. And Kevin wasn't strong enough to separate himself from those people. So I separated myself from all of them. And so after the years of struggling, a few months of living in your car, of working at the gym, finally in 2016, you go to a writer's round and Ash Bowers is there. Talk mm -hmm. about that moment and really how that changed your life and how you felt the minute you met him. Man, I went there just to play songs, uh, get a free meal <laughs> and get paid two hundred dollars. You know, I had no idea that that would be the day I would, you know, you know, get a publishing deal because I tell people all the time, 
you know, chase what you love, not the money, and the money will come. And that's what happened. Like, I wasn't even thinking that anybody would be there that could possibly manage me, give me a public deal, and get me a record deal. That was the farthest thing from my mind. The, the, close, the only thing I was thinking about was I love music and I get a chance to sing. That was it. And Ash came up to me afterwards and like, man, who you signed to? I was like, uh, nobody. He said, well, do you want, are you looking for a pub deal? I said, yeah. So Ash was like, well, I got a little pub company, but if there's some bigger pub companies in town you want to meet, I'll introduce you to them. So here's a guy that has his own pub company and is taking the and is offering to take me to meet like Sony and Warner and all these other people. He wasn't even trying to push his company on me. But I was like, man, what you got going on? Because I don't get wrapped up in the big names, man. I'm only worried about what can you do for me? How can we work together? If, if, is, if we work together, would that be beneficial for me in my career? And that's what I saw in Ash and his small company, as he called it. But it was a great fit for me. You know, we flew under the radar. Nobody really knew who I was. Nobody really knew who his company was. Then next thing you know, this small company gets this black kid from Delaware, a record deal with Broken Bow. Next thing you know, his first single comes out. People say it won't work and it ends up being number one for a total of three weeks. So, you know, it was like, it changed my life and it was, it was amazing. And I liked kind of working that way, you know, under the radar with no expectation. Everybody expecting this. When nobody's expecting you to fail, I mean, when everybody's expecting you to fail and nobody's, you know, really paying you attention, no pressure. It's easy. Then once you have a little bit of success and people are like, okay, you better deliver, you better deliver. And that could be pressure on people. But luckily me and Ash, you know, we keep the same mindset. You know, we, we do what we do. We do what we always done. People either like it or they won't. You know, that's it. <laughs> and so when you released your debut self-titled EP, you guys didn't put a lot behind that because you wanted it to be organic. And so was that something that you were into or were you wanting to push that a bit more or were you just like yeah let's sit back let's put it out and let's see what happens were you happy with that yeah i just wanted to put it out because my reason for putting it out was i was starting to play shows and when people came to my show and heard my name i wanted them to be able to go online and find the songs they heard that day be able to you know it's it's so important to have an online presence so That's what I'm doing with the new band I just signed right now called Neon Union. It's a guy named Leo Brooks. It's a guy named uh, Andrew Millsaps. Um, <clears throat> so I'm taking them on the road with me. Um, a lot of shows I'm going to be headlining, they're going to be opening. And while we're in the process of finishing this record deal with a bigger record company, um, I'm going to release a song of theirs. That way, when they do play, people can hear the song. They can go back and find them. They can start developing an online presence. Right. And you talked about that number one in November of 2018, best shot goes number one. What was the feeling of that moment when that hit? The crazy thing is a lot of people expected me to just be over the moon and, you know, just so wrapped up in that moment. But my problem is I, um, I was thankful for that moment, but by this point in my life, I've gotten so addicted to the journey, to the struggle, to working to make things happen. So I was like, man, it's great. <clears throat> got a number one what's next <laughs> you know what i mean i was ready to get back to work you know so yeah I'm, I'm thankful for that moment that song going number one changed my life um but i was ready to get back to work and so coming into july 2020 the release of betty james the ep now the title of that your grandmother and your father without them in your journey 
where would you be right now? Would you be the man or would you be in the position you are today without those two people? Oh, not at all, man. They, they made me who I am. You know, every, every, everything from the type of music I like to, uh, um, who I am as far as like being in the, into fishing, into, you know, just traveling and just meeting new people and, and being in, into music, you know? So I, I, I definitely don't know who I would be with, with, without them. And your father passed away in late 2019. Now you worked with Charlie pride a lot in 2020. Did he have the chance to meet Charlie? Did you, did he know you were going to be working with him before he passed? Nah, so he knew I wanted to work with Charlie, and uh, but he never got to like you know meet him or talk to him on the phone or anything. What was it like though? Because I know that he did get to meet, um, you know, some of his country music icons. So what was that like for you to be able to introduce him? It was great. You know, I got to introduce him to Aaron Tippin. I got to introduce him to T. Roy from Montgomery Gentry. Um, so that was the <clears throat> that was the coolest thing ever, man. You know, watching my dad fangirl. <laughs> which is so weird like watching my dad meet somebody and like she's in because like my dad was like you know he's a country dude laid back you know he wasn't really serious but he wasn't the type that went around like smiling cheesing all the time so when he met t-roy he's in the picture like i was like what in the world <laughs> like, but it was cool man it was cool to be able to do that for my father that's awesome and with the album how did it come together? Was it developed with the thought in mind of having a feature on every song or how did that whole process come about for you? Yeah, I've always wanted to do a collaboration album, you know, because um, I've seen it done in, in hip hop and R&B, you know, with Kanye and Jay-Z Watch the Throne with R. Kelly and Jay-Z Best of Both Worlds, you know, um, but I've never really seen a whole album done um, like that. And country, really. Um, it hasn't been many, I don't think. Um, so I was like, let's do it. Let's let's uh, go out here and, and uh, see what happens. So I reached out to every artist between me or my um, a buddy of mine. So every artist on there I pretty much reached out to um, to make it happen. The Nelly one happened because uh, he, my manager knew his manager, so we made that happen. A friend of mine introduced me to Monica. Um, but pretty much everybody else, you know, was just like, uh, just reached out to them and surprisingly they say, yeah. And you say with the number one, like you don't necessarily celebrate it, but with this, as people started saying yes, and you started to get like the biggest names, not only in country music, but in cross genres, what was your feeling when you started getting all those yeses? I was great, man. You know, it was a feeling of, uh. I must be doing something right, you know, because those artists, they don't need me. They're already successful, you know? So the fact that they would want to do a song with me, you know, lets me know that they appreciate what I'm doing. What I'm doing matters. Cause a lot of times with artists, we, we question ourselves all the time. Is what I'm doing make, doesn't make sense. What's the point? Why am I doing this? And then in those moments like that, you're reminded when a, and Nelly wants to do a song with you when Pitbull, Keith Urban, Tim McGraw, Brad Paisley, Darius Rucker, um, you know, uh, uh, Lil Big Town, Monica, Keith Urban, you know, it's, it's crazy. And how did the writing process go? Was, were the songs written 
before sort of the collaborations came together or were the songs written with the artist in mind that was going to be on that track? Um, a lot of them were written before, um, but some was written with the artist in mind, like made for these with Tim McGraw. I wrote with Tim McGraw in mind. Um, let me say what else, uh, 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 get country, you know, thinking about low cash, uh, living man you know living man i, I thought it was just gonna be me but i was like i gotta put neon union on it so each song kind of and even the songs that i didn't write that were sent to me as soon as i heard it i started thinking about what artists can i get on it we just talked about your journey a bit and it real really feels like this gold edition is an encapsulation of your life really of your journey and do you feel like that i do um i feel like it, it fully shows kind of who I am and my different interests and my different um, styles of music that uh, have influenced me most of my life. Yeah. How exciting was that to be able to do that as a country artist, to not have limitations and to just basically take whatever influence you wanted and put it within that song. Man, it was great, man. And I, you know, I, I want to give a shout out to my label, man, Broken Bow. They they let me Broken Bow BMG. They 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 give me creative freedom, you know, um, and, and kind of let me do what I what I do and what I want to do. And uh, I know there's not a lot of labels. There's a lot of labels out there that don't really do that. But I think that's how it should be. You know, I feel like you sign an artist because who the artist is, and the artist's job is to create the music. The label's job is to promote and put the music out that the artist creates. And I think. You know, that's that's how it goes. That's how it should go. You know what I mean? I feel like the artist creates it because we're the artists and the label puts it out. They promote it. They market it, um, you know, with the help of your publicist, um, your booking agency, booking your shows. I feel like everybody has a role and it takes everybody kind of doing their job at a high level uh, to be successful because you can have great music. But if you don't have the right booking agency, booking your shows or the right publicist putting you in the right lights. Um, if you don't have the right label marketing your music or vice versa, you could have a great PR team, a great label, great management, great booking agency, then an artist with some whack songs. So it's kind of all <laughs> got to like, you know, everybody's got to be great at what they do and everybody's got to be open to, you know, different ideas from other people. Everybody's kind of got to work together to be successful, you know. And with the EP and the album, was everything done at once and then it was the plan to release just a few songs at first and then release the whole album or did you record the ep and then from then to now you've sort of recorded the other songs that have been added to the gold edition yeah you know the ep uh, was 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 finished and then the head of the label loba was like dude do you have any more collaborations we just want to make this a full album i was like yeah he said how many more are you thinking two three i was like nine <laughs> and i actually have more that's not out like i got a song with CeeLo called pesos i got a song with Wyclef. uh i got a song with uh, uh this christian artist named rhett walker i got a song with this new r&b artist named rumor um i got another song with this pop artist named liza owen um so you know we just you know i'm always working with different artists and just working on stuff. I got another song, this rock band from Atlanta called Hero of the Band. Um, so there's a bunch more out there. You know, they might get released at some point. Um, but, you know, I'm just creating music. I love it. I'm just going to keep creating, whether it's songs by myself or songs with other artists. You know, I don't really, 
I don't ever really sit and think, man, that's too many collaborations or man, it's not enough. It's just music. And the idea of music is to have to put it out and hopefully it connects with somebody. So I don't really get wrapped up in the rules and the boundaries of doing too much or doing too little. Right. And you talk about connecting with people. Now, before we run out of time, I wanted to talk about Charlie Pride and you were able to work with him in sort of the final months of his career. And I wanted to ask you from what he meant to you and now looking at yourself, do you kind of understand that you've made it to a point where you now can affect youth within the African-American community in the same way that Charlie Pride did for you at a young age? I didn't think about it until I started getting messages from parents of young black kids, you know, um, telling them, hey, you know, you know how you looked up to Charlie, you know, my son or my daughter, they look up to you the same way. Then it hit me. And I was like, because for a while, again, I just had my head down, just working and just trying to be successful. Um, but then when I started getting hit with messages like that, it definitely changes your approach. Not really your approach, but it, it kind of changes kind of what you do and how you do it. Or more so how you do things. Um, realizing that you can affect the next generation. You're going to affect them either positively, positively or negatively. So, um, you know, I just try to I just try to keep that in mind. And does it feel pretty good when you receive those notes and you know the positive uh, steps that that you're taking and that you're making? Yeah, it feels great, man. You know, because I know how special Charlie was to me. And I'm like, man, if I can affect someone as half as much as Charlie did to me, uh, did for me, that'll be that'll be awesome. Without Charlie, would you have felt confident in chasing this dream? I don't know. Probably not. Or maybe if I did, it became it would have came later. But the 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 you know I'm I'm glad I got to know who Charlie was earlier in my life. Um, I got to not only hear his music but see who he was and see what he looked like. And how excited are you for the future with this release now, and perfect timing with the world opening up? You're hitting the road with Brad Paisley in I think it's a few days, isn't it? In July. Um, First date, Jacksonville, Florida, baby. <laughs> so how bright is the future right now gonna be great i got all my little jeans ready to go <laughs> and i was gonna i was gonna ask you talking about jeans sorry how many hats do you have like ball caps like this or my big wide brim hats any any and all about 500 something <laughs> yeah, i love hats man hats and shoes like I have, a, I have a sneaker fetish that developed like three years ago and a boot fetish. So I think I'm sitting at about 800 pairs of sneakers, about 300 something pairs of cowboy boots, uh, uh, about 100 something pair of like the ankle crop boots. I just like shoes, man. They're cool. I feel like shoes can either make or break your outfit, man. Right. Yeah, shoes and accessories are very important. So if you're watching this and you're listening to this, pay attention to the details, people. It's the accessories. Because think about it. I could you could wear sweats, a black t-shirt, and throw some sneakers on, right? And that's chill. But if you throw a leather jacket on with that same outfit, right? A nice watch, a ring, some shades, some earrings, and, and you know what I mean? A necklace, a bracelet or something, bro, you go from, you know casual to like ready to go in about five <laughs> minutes you know 
That is amazing. And I think we'll probably get cut off. But before we do, I just wanted to quickly ask you about your hometown shows. You've done shows over the past couple of years, fundraisers in your hometown, free shows, and you have a festival coming up this summer that you're going to be playing there. What do those shows mean to you? Man, they mean a lot. I love where I'm from. I love being able to help, you know, because I have so many friends that I went to high school with in college still there, you know, giving back to the community every day, whether they're a cashier at Walmart, whether they're a police officer, firefighter, a school teacher, a trash collector. They're all daily investing in our community. And I don't live there anymore, but that place is still special to me. So I'm like, how can I do my part? Um, So doing these concerts, um, it's a great thing. You know, I got, I, I, I love where I'm from. I stayed in contact with my kindergarten teacher, my first grade teacher. My kindergarten teacher is actually going to be reading the audio book to my um, children's book I have coming out July 13th. Right. Uh, my voice is a trumpet. So I'm super tied in with my hometown. Um, I, I think I'll always will be. Um, you know, the most, one of the coolest things ever might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but my hometown, Milton, Delaware, gave me the key to the city. You know, we got Jimmy Allen Day. It's August 13th uh, every year in the state of Delaware. Uh, they're trying to turn my old street name, Mercury Lane, into Jimmy Allen Lane. So oh, wow. little stuff like that to me is important, man. You know, like, I know a lot of people say, you know, they grew up, they wanted to play Madison Square Garden, or they wanted to play this place. My dream I wanted to play was, I wanted to play this place called Bottle and Cork and I've played there and I've, you know, I've sold it out a couple of times. And another dream, I was like, I wanted to play a festival in my hometown. Um, and that's what I get to do this year, August 7th, Betty Fest, man. So I'm, uh, I, I get excited about the little things, man. The, the things that are important to me. I feel like everybody has different things that's important to them and you should never be ashamed of what's important to you, no matter how big or how small society might, might think it is. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Wish we had more time, but I know you have another interview to run to. So the new album, Betty James, the gold edition, you have the book, which we didn't get a chance to talk about coming out. My voice is a trumpet. We'll look forward to that. Uh, What's that? I said, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to probably put some pants on for my next interview. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, I do. I got some dirty shorts from yesterday. Ah, uh, nice, nice. That's the great thing about this. <laughs> Just for you, Brendan. I'll thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. And oh, man, have a blast this summer. Have fun on tour. Have fun at the sure. festival. And we'll look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you, man. You'd be great. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Bye. Thank you guys once again so much for joining us and thank you to Jimmy for stopping by and chatting about his musical journey. Be sure to check out his new album, Betty James, The Gold Edition, wherever you stream your music. Please also be sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us on whatever streaming platform you're listening on and also head over to social media. Give us a follow there as well so you can stay up to date on all the exciting episodes we have coming up in the future. And remember... It's not the music made me. You now have to search country music made me. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next time on country music made me. (laughs) 